0: Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Illusion Empire podcast. Well, we're going to begin the first segment right away with primary politics, and we will be discussing Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders' clash. As you may have heard, both campaigns are accusing each other of playing dirty, of you know, undercutting one another, and embarrassing one another. That's the a shorter version of it but and, but there were some intelligent analysis among some of the democratic strategists um, that they have suggested that the corporate wing of the democratic party is taking advantage of this and they will be very wise to think that because because when the progressive movement is divided they will not be able to achieve anything At all, and then candidates like um Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg will be able to flourish, and and poll them significantly. Well, that's probably a little exaggeration saying significantly, but they will definitely do better. And you know, and and they may even win the Iowa caucus. That's all I have to say... On that and the analysis of the issue. But... The bright side is... And as if they do this... Um, they'll be able to... Just move on... Patch it up... And I hope they patch up sooner... Better than later... Or else... You know the damage will be significant... And then then Joe Biden or people to judge could um, win Iowa caucus, even though winning the Iowa caucus is not the end of the world. It's just the very first round of many primaries to come. So. Stating that there will be the Nevada caucus, the South Carolina caucus and New Hampshire caucuses. I'm not saying in any particular order, they're gonna have to, you know, cater to the to the primary voters. Just to try to grab as much delegates as they can, because this is the real data now. Be pulling. I mean, these polls they give us a sense of, of who's doing well or not, but but these delegates. They'll be the true indicators of who is going to win the primary. Remember, let's go back to 2016. Um, a lot of polls when it was Trump versus Hillary Clinton. There was a lot of polls indicating that Trump was going to be defeated. Lots of polls. I mean, lots, and there was even a lot of newspapers endorsing Hillary Clinton over Trump. So, I mean, so, like I said, um, I would just take the polls with... I'll take the polls' results with a grain of salt. Because so they give us an idea, but it's not the conclusion. The way I see it is a draft of who's going to become a nominee. Because you no know, draft's got to go through revisions and revisions. And then we get the finalized and polished... Um, Let's say that will tell us who will be the nominee to be Trump. And to be um, honest with you, it would be better for them to stop because I'm beginning to get interested little by little to see what it's like for the progressive to win. To be honest, uh, my personal opinion, I am bored With the corporate Democrats um, winning. um, I mean, they bring moderate change, but they don't bring change that is needed. And history has demonstrated that radical change is possible and can be achieved. I mean, look at um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Now, remember that guy he's the, to me the golden example of the democrat party he has brought the new deal and programs like food stamps has flourished on them he almost created a second economy so I think we need a change like that because people struggling alright and the system is rigged against the working lower class peoples So, I just hope neither Bernie or Elizabeth Warren, I even said for Elizabeth Warren, even though I think she's a bit inauthentic, but she does have great strength when it comes to debate and explaining policy really well in a brief and a concise manner, like many of the candidates. So, that's the credit I give her, even though I don't find her as honest or as an authentic but she is but to me I think she's the one of the candidates I could confidently say she has performed consistently well throughout all the 2019 2020 debates so that I could say with um, utmost confidence but it's gonna take more than the debate and planning. To beat the Republican nominee, and the Democrats have to keep in mind is you got to put someone who is a very great and unconventional antidote against Trump. And I don't I just don't personally think she is as progressive as unconventional to beat this man. Because he's gonna be brutal, he's gonna be so brutal, he is just going to pull. Every dirt, every trick he could find. I mean, as a matter of fact, he's already attacking Bernie Sanders already. And and I think that's a sign that's saying that that could be an indicator. I'm just saying, sure, don't quote me on that. That could be an indicator that Bernie Sanders is going to be doing well. And it might, dare to say, might even be. Biden in the Iowa caucus because Trump seems t- to attack the people who are doing um, well for the most part. So, so that could be an indicator and and it does show that Bernie Sanders can be a threat to the Trump campaign. So keep that in mind. Without further ado, I'm just going to end this um, segment right here. And just one more thing. I just want to reiterate that the progressives, they need to be united. That's going to be my final message. If they want to achieve anything, they have to be united. The, The biggest criticism I have among the progressives is that They fight amongst themselves a lot. This is one of the biggest reasons. Actually, the biggest reasons. Let me correct myself. That they don't achieve some of their goals. Because there's just too much in fighting. I mean, I could draw some examples within the comment about the political... Competitive community um, just to demonstrate how how frequent these um infightings are and it's just not good I mean it's great to give uh, constructive criticisms and, and you know just tell them um, um, why policy is better and whatnot but you' gonna get to nasty attacks or whatnot it's just not gonna help the movement. We have to try to maintain a big picture, but it's not always easy because we're humans and we're hardwired. And sometimes we get into our, we get deep into our ego, and we lose sight of the big picture right away. And it happens with you know not just with them, even amongst the Republican Party too. That there is a good amount of infighting. But when it comes to the main goal, I will say they're a little more folk they're a little folk they're a little more focused than the than the Democrats on that. Now, not actually not, not even the corporate wing Democrats. Let me correct that again. The progressives. Now, I think the corporate Democrats are pretty well united on that front. And that's why they're able to achieve um, some of their goals. And that's why they're able to undercut the progressive wing and then win. If this keeps up I mean it could go and then you know who knows maybe even Mike Bloomberg might, might win the nomination but I don't know I'll be the progressive's worst nightmare because they can't stand the guy so that is my take within the primary politics Anchor is a free podcasting app that is perfect for beginners. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast. Anchor will distribute your podcast so that it could be heard in other platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm. That is A N C H O R.fm. I'm going to repeat it is A N C H O R.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? I've been doing this for about a year now. And if you really have the passion to start a podcast, you should do it. It's fun and easy. Okay, listeners, we have transitioned to the second segment of this podcast called Mid Game. Now we'll be discussing, I'll be giving you a brief. Update um, about uh, when we're gonna hear details about this next upcoming DLC fighter for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, I was happily wrong here because Master Hero Sakurai has decided to give us a lot of those details in January 16th. All right, so. Start paying attention to that January 16th. For some details. I will be on the lookout for those as well because I can't wait. I just hope it's on Ryu Hayabusha from Ninja Gaiden. Person I, I don't like um his games, but I don't mind him being in um Smash because he'll be an interesting addition. You good um Greninja. The ninja um, The frog like ninja Pokemon He would have a competition With that who could Outdo each other in terms of jitsu stealth Precision Speed, deception You name it So that would be great So me I can't wait um If it's not him it's fine So far all the DLC characters That they have released thus far has been great. So I know I have 100% confidence in Sakurai that he's gonna release the right character, and that's all I have to um, say about that. I mean, me, um, to me, the Super Smash Bros. is the best fighting game series ever, despite you know they have released Brawl, which was. Pretty good, but it was definitely its weak, weakest product um, out of all of them. And and it released in 2008. And even though, you know, I still like the game, you know, I still I was disappointed with some of the changes. But me, I was so loyal to the series because they did great most of the time, and I was able to forgive this error right away. I haven't played it for two years for God's sakes. I know I know a lot of you are gonna say, why why are you gonna play that horrible game? For Two years cause I was loyal. They did, you know, they did great. They did add some um, changes to it. That was good. You know, such so um a much expanded music um list and where you could play it if adjust the frequency some stages to add. Adds, you know, some good characters like Wario for example. Solid Snake. And, um, and, yeah, Sonic, and that was a game that they started bringing third party characters. And that was mind boggling. That was a huge surprise because to that point, um, both the first Super Smash Bros. and Melee, they only had, um, Nintendo, they had a pure Nintendo roster, 100% Nintendo. Ever since that, they have been um, bringing um more third-party characters such as Pac-Man, Ryu, Ken, no, and more. But I don't want to get um too much into it. I think you should just play the game yourself. And that's all I have to say um about that. listeners, you have reached the third and final segment of this podcast. The segment is called Weird Topic Finale, or WTF for short. And this is where this podcast could get random and interesting. So, traveling in New York City, I've encountered an MTA conductor who is so interesting and somewhat funny that I could not nap. Um, this guy, when he announces the stops, he sounds like Jay-Z for some reason. And he gets lyrical, and then every time he speaks, he speaks with a beat. And he's, I mean, he has made a lot of people smile, even laugh. And, you know, I i personally think that's a good thing because a lot of MTA conductors, they are grumpy, miserable, and some could be even just nasty I mean real nasty I mean, they catch a huge fit a couple of them just because you know maybe their day went bad or or people are just blocking the doors and mm-hmm. they if they are frustrated and then their whole day is ruined but this NTA conductor, I'm not going to try to imitate him because I am not lyrical. I do not have that kind of talent at all. So just use your imagination. Just a feeling because he would say, for example, this is a downtown one train I'm going to going to South Ferry. So he will say things like that. And then he will rhyme it. He will make it sound very, very good. There's a southbound one train going downtown. You know, he will say something like that. I'm not going to try to be lyrical because I'll be embarrassing myself here. I already know I don't have that kind of talent, and I've learned to live with that many years ago. So I'm not going to bother. But I just thought we need um you know a couple more MTA workers who bring some personality every time the announcing stops. Um, the rules, and what's transfer um to other bus and train information you near know, their the delivery of it. You know, believe it or not, they can make um people smile. Those um changes could be impactful. Especially those who are going to, going to work in the morning. So I just thought that was just really, really good and in, interesting. And I would like to just share that with you. I mean, they are good MTA conductors. You just have to be lucky or blessed enough to encounter, encounter them. So... So he, yeah, man, he doesn't like to see people frown. I mean, he even has some care for people's emotions. I mean, I understand why some of them don't have to care because he had to move fast. It's very fast-paced. I get that. But if you just put just a little more time on that, you'd be surprised on how much positive change you could do. And you know, some people, you know, going through depression, they're sad. You know, everybody has a hard life. I got one, too. You know, people are just going through stuff every day and then that could make them feel better, even if it even if it's just temporary, but it's just a very, very good thing. Um, I don't think I'm personally gonna encounter that anytime soon, but it was just really, really great just to experience that because that is rare. It's very rare in New York City. Okay, dear listeners, thank you for listening to this podcast and enjoy life.